Welcome to the Nutrition-ish Podcast, the place for all things nutrition and mindfulness. We are passionate about guiding you to make peace with food and empower your body and brain. I'm one of your hosts, Allie Hobson. I'm an NTP, Nutritional Therapy Practitioner in San Diego. I work with individuals to assess personal nutritional deficiencies and imbalances by addressing the root cause of any health issue. In my private practice, I focus on women's hormones, gut health, and thyroid dysfunction. Let's meet my co-host. I'm Chelsea Gross, a certified transformational nutrition coach based in Los Angeles. I work one-on-one with women who are ready to break free from dieting, make peace with food, and create a life they love filled with energy, self-love, and freedom from rules and obsession. I'm also the creator of the ebook, Break Free from Disordered Eating. Remember our disclaimer, this podcast is intended to be informative and entertaining and should not replace medical advice, treatment, or diagnosis. We are so excited you're here. Let's get to the episode. You're listening to episode 47 of the Nutrition-ish podcast. I'm loving your makeshift desk situation. (laughs) My desk, not a desk, also known as my bed. (laughs) You've been kicked out of your office space and you'd well, rearrange your bedroom. Yeah, Lots of changes. A lot of baby things making room. And it's not like we have like a ton of furniture for the baby, but I'm just trying to, I'm in that like, you know, it's like the nesting thing that you always hear about where it's like getting ready and you're like, okay, I'm not going to be crazy. And then all of a sudden you're like, why am I doing this? I'm doing it. <laughs> so it just kind of happens, but I've been wanting to like organize and I used to have a little setup in my room because it's carpet up here and it's just better for the sound when we're recording versus downstairs. So I had like a little side table and a chair, but then that little side table became my husband's nightstand so I could make room for the bassinet on my side of the bed. <laughs> so I'm just kind of like squatting. I'll have to figure out maybe a better setup here, but yeah, it's working. It's working. Good. You made it work. Make it work. Did you do like a before and after? Because I know you made a lot of changes to the room where the nursery is, right? Um, I didn't do a before and after, but I did kind of like when there's nothing in there at all. And the I just had like paint swatches up. And then like I haven't actually taken photos yet because I'm waiting on one more thing before I post anything. I've It's really hard to find like something really specific. And so, oh yeah, I talked about this already on the episode <laughs> I was like, I was going to make a mobile and then I was like, okay, cancel that because I got all the stuff and just like wasn't into it because it was way too much to do. Yeah. So I finally found one yesterday that I really like, but I just wanted like a gold, simple hanging mobile and I found it on urbanoutfitters.com for like 18 bucks. So once that's installed and it's hanging from my ceiling, I'm going to take photos and that will also lead to hopefully me doing a blog post or at least some capacity of giving you guys information. Same on Instagram as all the (laughs) non-toxic microphone. My microphone just fell over. (laughs) Non-toxic nursery baby stuff because I have spent hours and hours like researching all of the best types of products not even the best but just the most either clean um cost effective I think that's the really that's the biggest challenge is to find something that's not astronomical in cost but also is like clean and non-toxic like the bassinet for example I spent so many hours trying to figure out which damn one to buy and some people are like you don't even need a bassinet because they sleep in like this other little thing called the rock and play for a little bit and I was like it just doesn't seem like that's safe and I don't know like I want a bassinet you know like it's like 
cute and I want them to and also this other thing that people are recommending like they don't lie flat on their back so anyways trying to find a mattress combination because that's one of the biggest things that's like pretty toxic and all furniture and baby furniture especially I mean and adult furniture too but baby's immune systems are just so much more susceptible um, that mattresses are filled with tons of different toxic chemicals and even like flame retardant so I've done a lot of research on all of this stuff so I want to put together a guide or something that can help people I even did my first Amazon review because (laughs) I was trying to figure out so short story but I ended up going with the baby Bjorn bassinet which is one of the more clean clean kind of brands and for the design and whatever but I replaced the mattress with a naturopedic mattress um, for bassinets but I couldn't figure out if it was going to fit and I was reading all these blogs and reviews and being like, does the Naturopedic, like, you know, mattress fit in the damn bassinet? Because the dimensions are a little bit off by an inch. And I was like, whatever. So anyways, I left my first review letting everybody know that it does fit, like, literally perfectly. <laughs> so, so helpful for other people. I know. I was like, if I had read this review, I would not have spent an hour trying to figure it out or calling Naturopedic to ask them this question. So yeah. I've, I've spent a lot of time trying to figure out the cleanest types of things for baby stuff. So I'll put that somewhere on some level. And I hope to do more blog posts this year in 2019. Blog posts. Do you guys still listen to blog posts? I have not blogged in quite a while since. Listen to or read, you mean? Read. Wow. Did I say listen? I was like, is that a new podcast (laughs) I haven't heard of? (laughs) The blog post podcast? It's almost like an audio book. It's like maybe if I just read my blog posts out loud, people would listen slash read them. (laughs) I mean, if it's a topic that someone like posts on Instagram or like, hey, I wrote a blog about blah, blah, blah. Like I always click on it and read it if it's something I'm interested in. Right. No, I mean, I certainly read blogs, but I don't know. It's hard because we also do newsletters. Right. And I have a Facebook group and we have a podcast and Instagram. So it's it's hard to then also have brain power and energy to write a blog post knowing that like a lot of people don't necessarily see it or read it. But or I, the other stuff I feel like people do more, but it it, it lives there, which is nice. Right. I was going to say I feel like a lot of the um, email blasts and things that I send out people just don't get read ever. Oh, so. yeah. No, I mean, they don't. The average is like 20 to 30% open rate. Right. Open And that doesn't rate. even Not mean even that those people it. read it. Yeah. So if there's a blog post that lives, all you, I mean, I think That's it true. seems more, makes more sense to write the blog post, have it live there, and then use it a million different times well, instead and of writing the one email. you can send your newsletter, you can send your list a link to your blog. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to work smarter not harder yeah it's all about (laughs) repurposing content yes you guys are seeing behind the scenes (laughs) (laughs) of us still trying to figure it out too so don't worry if you haven't (laughs) yeah it's a constant learning process of figuring all this stuff out yeah but it's cool to look back at how far how far I've come in the last years of my business yeah like to see the stuff I was doing a couple years ago it's like wow I really didn't like completely find my niche like I was doing like meal plans and like I was always skirting around I didn't really want to talk about 
weight loss or anything like that. But I think I felt like in the beginning that I had to include that in some way, like a healthy way to lose weight, like without blah, 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 blah. And now I'm just so happy that I don't have any of that in my branding because it's so out of an al- out of alignment for me. And obviously, again, I've said this before, I don't think weight loss is bad at all. And I think if you actually have weight loss to lose and it can be done in a healthy, sustainable way, it's a totally fine goal. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think sometimes like health coaches and stuff feel pressure to do that because that is more like clickable. Click, yeah, clickbait or whatever. Yeah. But I feel, yeah, I feel like when you find out who you like, yeah, there's so many people that want to help everyone. I know you felt this way too when you first graduated from your program or saw this from other, your other peers and stuff. It's like, we feel like we can help so many different people and you don't want to narrow it down, but it's really so much better to narrow it down and just like hyper focus on that community because it's just so like true to who you are. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's what you want to work on. There's yeah. certain cases or certain things that you're like, it's not that I couldn't help you. I absolutely could. But it's not something that I would be like super excited about. Mm-hmm. Um, any yeah. other updates from you in any way? Um, I'm not hinting at anything. I'm just asking no, in general. No, not really. All right. Let's get started. Let's do it. Okay. So we got this question in our podcast Instagram DM. It went down in the DMs. (laughs) (laughs) Slips right into the DM. (laughs) Hello, lovelies. I have a podcast question for you. Wondering if you could share some suggestions slash remedies for low-grade depression. My other half seems to get the blues one to two times a week, and it breaks my heart. A walk and a good talk can usually bring him out of this fog, but I'm wondering if there are some supplements he can add in. So we'll speak to that. I wanted to first give kind of my unique perspective on this topic and talk a little bit more about the mindset and kind of your relationship to depression um, and maybe some other things that could help him and help you help him as well. So one of my best pieces of advice for anyone suffering with depression or really any other kind of like imbalance or even uncomfortable emotion is to remember this too shall pass. So not labeling it as bad, not trying to change it or dissect it or push yourself to snap out of it, simply surrendering and kind of letting it be. Um, Of course, getting out for a walk or talking to you, who by the way, he's so lucky to have, of course, um, can help. But often we are trying to push ourselves out of an emotional state, and I think that that can make it worse. That was very much my um, my personal story, like when I was ever suffering with depression or anxiety or, like I said, any kind of uncomfortable emotions, I would just look at what's wrong with me, why, like, why me, I'm so bad, I'm so worthless, just kind of beating myself up and just trying to push myself to feel better. I've talked about this a little bit before, um, but when someone says to you, like, don't cry, don't be upset, stop worrying about that, but you're feeling those emotions, it makes it so much worse. It just ties in so much more judgment, and then you feel wrong or bad or misunderstood or left out or just kind of this, you know, one person who's really struggling with this, and you don't know how to snap yourself out of it. If you did, you would, but there's something deeper going on. And piling on that judgment of like, oh, just don't worry about that or don't cry. It's like, but I'm already crying. The tears are coming out of my (laughs) eyes. 
or I'm, I am upset about this. It just makes it so much worse. So I think there's so much power to just letting it be a little bit and not labeling it as this really bad thing. Um, so in talking to someone too, there's so much more power in empathy versus sympathy. So if he's looking for someone maybe like a professional to talk to, I really, really recommend finding someone that can talk to him on his own level and maybe even has not necessarily like they don't have to have their own relationship with depression, but understanding it on a deeper level um, to make sure that he feels that connection. So again, like my own personal story when I've done um, I've done therapy in the past, I feel like therapists, just the ones that I personally worked with, I know there's a lot of great therapists out there, but I feel like they often made me feel worse because they were talking down to me and were very like distanced from my story. Like there was no really like connection. There was no um, like general understanding really. It just kind of felt like I was talking at them and then they were kind of talking down to me. So I think it's important to really find someone that you have that empathetic connection with. And even if that's you that he's talking to or another friend, someone that really understands what it's like because someone who's never felt depressed and depression is very different than just kind of like having a bad day. It's it's not something you can just snap your fingers and get out of that state. So really making sure he has someone to talk to that he feels safe and understood by. Um, and then I also think there's other types of practitioners that you can work with that are really great. So I've myself worked with a Reiki practitioner and I've also done cranial sacral therapy. I do acupuncture. I would recommend trying out one or all of these things. He could try all of them and kind of see which he likes best, but all of these types of practitioners deal with energy. So emotions are all just stuck energy. So anything that you can do to get that stuff moving, um, and you know, kind of like loosening up some of that stagnation will be incredibly helpful. Even an infrared sauna, um, cryotherapy. So I've actually been experimenting with this lately. I don't know if you have one in your area. They're not going to be everywhere, but I think they're becoming a lot more popular. It's um, basically like a cold chamber and the way that it stimulates your body, I actually feel like I did see an improvement in my mood. Um, I can link some information below about like the detail to this type of therapy. Um, but it's kind of cool and it's quick. I mean, you're freezing cold and you're jumping around in this like ice chamber, but it's kind of cool. Um, and they're pretty like, well, I mean, not well known, but there are a lot of them out there. Yeah. I went on to Groupon one time cause I was looking for one and there's like a million Groupons for that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's becoming can... really popular. There's so many things it's, um, I'll tr- try to find if I have some like scientific studies linking this, but I know it can help with things obviously like inflammation, but even like cancer and I'm sure depression and like, you know, more serious conditions and things like that. Um, I'll try to find some hmm? inflammation, inflammation for sure. Yeah. I actually did it before. Um, I did a photo shoot to just like feel like really good in my body, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, some other things, um, dry brushing, rebounding would be great. So this is, um, something you can do in the morning. You could do any time of day, but it's particularly helpful in the morning. Um, I'll try to link some more information for you below about it too. You can get one on Amazon. Actually, did I talk about this in the holiday gift guide? I think I did. And um, I think so. What this is doing is just stimulating the lymphatic system and um, getting everything moving. Like I said, we just want to break everything up that may just be kind of like stagnant and, sit- and sitting around like that stuck energy, those stuck emotions. So yeah, exploring some of those different um, 
different practices and seeing maybe if there's something he really, really likes that he could get in a routine with. I think all of that stuff, you want to be consistent. It's not something that you just want to do one time and think that that's just going to like fix everything. You definitely need to be consistent. Like with acupuncture, I personally, um, I started going for so many different reasons, but primarily chronic pain. And it took me like six, seven, eight months before I started really seeing a change. And I know that may sound like a long time to some people, but when anything's more chronic, you have to give your body a chance to really start working with it. So uh, with any of that stuff, I would just try to be as consistent as possible and try to get in a good routine. And then the other thing I would say is, um, what's the root to his depression are those days where he's feeling really blue. So some of the things he could ask himself are, what was going on with him when it started? Was there something specific that's feeling unresolved or overwhelming or unfulfilling? If he doesn't quite know, like if he can't connect the dots kind of right off the bat and just sort of talking through it or thinking through it, journaling can also help. Um, But there's just so much power in, in identifying where it's coming from for you so that you can differentiate between that and then um, just feeling depressed just because. Because then again, all those kind of like beating up on yourself and, and self-defeated um, like insecurity emotions can come into play as well. And then that just snowballs and makes everything worse. But if you can say, well, I know maybe I switched jobs or I know I haven't been getting good sleep or I know I'm, you know, having issues with a family member, something like that where you can kind of see this is definitely the root of maybe why I feel depressed. So I have clarity and I I understand that can take a lot of the pressure off of things too. And again, going back to remembering this too shall pass or I'm going to find some ways to maybe, you know, fix those situations, work through those situations or, you know, because you can't always just snap your fingers and fix those situations, even just having a different perspective and looking at things, you know, if you are stressed out with work or something, it's like, well, what things about your job do you like and what benefits of your job can you take away? Just a reframing all over. Um, And then, yeah, maybe even like doing something new or learning something new, a new habit, a new skill. Giving back obviously always feels incredibly fulfilling. So if there's a specific organization, whether that's donating or donating, you know, volunteering and donating your time or just even like learning about other things that are out there and good things that people are doing in the world, I feel like that sometimes can give you a good shift in perspective as well. And then... I don't know if you're going to talk about this a little bit. Too. Well, yeah, we I might will. in the second question, but yeah. Yeah, I'll talk Got about it in this one a little bit too. Okay. But one thing I was going to just ask, or I mean not ask, but um, read, is what is the definition of craniosacral therapy? I'm familiar with it, but it's not something that I could like go into depth and talk about because I haven't actually tried it. However, yeah. if you're curious what it is, <laughs> it says craniosacral therapy or CST is a gentle hands-on approach that releases tensions deep in the body to relieve pain and dysfunction and improve whole body health and performance. Um, so it's using a soft touch and it says here that there's really no greater than five grams of weight, which is like the weight of a nickel. So the practitioners release restrictions in the soft tissues that surround the central nervous system. So that's just kind of if you haven't heard of it, um, I would ask if you're interested in trying something like that. If you, I know that even there's a person in my chiropractic office that does it, or they would definitely be able to recommend. So if you do chiropractic work or um, any kind of like other outside alternative medicine, I think there's a lot of people um, who would have recommendations. And something I picked up from um, the well-fed women, or sorry, yeah, no, that's right. The mm-hmm. Well-Fed Woman podcast <laughs> that Chelsea and I are both big fans of. Noelle always comments on how she uses Facebook groups to find a lot of stuff. 
And I never do. And I was kind of like, mm. sh- I don't know. I think it can be helpful and it cannot be helpful. But at least if you're really struggling to like find someone in your area, if there's like, you know, whatever area you're in, like for me, I might Google like San Diego cranial sacral therapy or something. And then if there's a group or like alternative functional medicine or something like asking people if they have recommendations, I'm kind of going through the process right now of trying to find a pediatrician, which is like hard yeah, <laughs> because there's amazing pediatricians out there. Um, but you really want to find someone that's going to like jive with kind of like your, you know, my background and what I kind of, my approach and you just want to have shared similar, you know, thought processes and all that. So I think recommendations are the best way to go in terms of like who is someone that you know that's been to somebody or do they recommend somebody or just, you know, trying to find somebody. And the, the same would go for a therapist too. I think, you know, trying to maybe get referrals and trying to find someone who's really going to kind of jive with your, you know, attitude and what your life is like. I have a friend, actually two of my very best friends are both um, marriage and family therapists, which is nice because I get to talk to them all the time if I have any questions. (laughs) Um, but one of them, she is based out of New York, so I don't know that this is super helpful, but she focuses on like midlife crisis. Um, so people between the ages of like 25 to 35 or so is like her niche market. And she deals with like big life changes or the unknown or job switches. And that's really like what she focuses and hones in on. So finding someone that would really maybe cater exactly to kind of what it is that's going on once you find that root cause. Because I do think going back to that, what, what Chelsea mentioned is where is this coming from? I think that's the biggest. And sometimes you don't know. And that's okay. You don't have to like figure it out. And sometimes you're just like, I have no idea. I just know how I feel. And that's fine. But trying to kind of figure out like, when did it start? What are your triggers? What, when is the time of day or something that maybe you feel the most anxious? And I guess that would bring me to my other point of really trying to kind of figure out for him, if this is something like, is this anxiety or is it depression? And I know there's kind of a fine line and it's like, goes back and forth of which one because I think they can be shared experiences but if it's more of something like anxiety and then it's like worry or fear or something that that like translate into kind of like this low-grade depression that you're talking about that kind of gets him into this funk then that's where it's kind of like well what is causing the anxiety what is this you know because I think that anything that is unknown can be fearful which is just a natural thing that humans do especially preparing for like labor and all of that and even like all of my entire pregnancy like you're just you just don't know you've never done this before so automatically it seems like there's kind of like an association with being afraid or fearful when really you have to just approach it with like a completely different attitude of just because I don't know what's going to happen doesn't mean anything bad is going to happen it just means that I'm going to have to like take it one step at a time and figure it out as I go and have the most positive spin on it that you can. So trying not to kind of fear what you don't know or what, you know, especially if it's something like, well, I don't feel secure in my job and I don't know what my future holds. That's like all of these unknown things that you can be kind of scared of, which can bring like anxiety and maybe even being depressed of like, I don't have a plan. But then at the end of the day, when you think about like, no one has a plan. Everyone can have a plan, sure. (laughs) It doesn't mean it's going to work out that way. So just trying to put a positive spin on it. And I actually listened to a podcast this morning. It's funny. I have like a lot of podcasts that I love listening to. I'm like fresh out of all podcast episodes that I'm like excited about. And I don't know why. I'm just like, I feel that uh, way too right now. So 
besides ours, if you guys want to give us your favorite podcast recommendations, um, that would be great. But I had um, one that I listened to this morning because I was kind of just in the mood for something different. But um, The School of Greatness, I don't love all of the episodes because I honestly haven't listened to that many. I just kind of pick and choose. But Lewis Howes, he had just like a really quick, um, it was like 16 minutes or something, and it was called The Secret to Happiness. And he took all of these different quotes and kind of like a mashup of, um, let's see, Marissa Pierre, Rich Roll, Trent Shelton, Brooke, and C. I, I don't know how to say that because uh, a lot of these people I haven't heard of. <laughs> James Clear, although Rachel Hollis, of course, um, Shanti and Susan David. So they kind of each gave their little perspective on how and like what is happiness, how do you achieve it best, um, which I thought was kind of an interesting, I don't know, little snippet to kind of listen to so maybe that's something that he can tap into or if there's you know podcast recommendations of how to kind of pull him out or you know kind of get to the root cause of what is happening and then suggestions on how to fix these kind of little bouts that he might go through with some podcasts might be helpful um okay sorry and one more thing if it is the fear of the unknown and that feels obviously fearful and anxiety causing um looking at other ways that you can feel grounded. So actually, as you were, you were talking, I was also thinking, I just had a vision of um, kind of like an intuitive type person, um, <laughs> crystals and essential oil. So actually, um, if you want to talk a little bit about essential oils, there's some that I use in particular that help me balance out my mood. Um, but crystals as well. I mean, if you're into that kind of thing, I, there's I nothing say, I don't wrong. know if he would. Well, not that's not true. I'm sure plenty I of think, men are into this stuff. But yeah, I, I if I were making this okay. suggestion to my husband, he'd be like, what? <laughs> yeah, I couldn't get him to do that. But for like other exploring people. The, I've gone Scott way into crystals, you guys, and okay. manifestation. And it's been very exciting. And we okay. did it by going to a really cool crystal shop here. Obviously, I live in LA, so I'm lucky and there's a few. Um, <laughs> I was like, I wouldn't even know. <laughs> going through and looking at all the different crystals and just like picking them up and holding them, you can see what all the different types do and are meant to give off and just seeing like if you feel anything and just having something I always recommend having something whether it is a crystal or um, some sort of object like it could be something passed down in your family or a piece of jewelry for him Um, you know it could be something something else um, that you can go to that harnesses like positive grounding emotions so maybe a day where he is feeling more positive things are going really right he's feeling great you know just, you know, more uplifted, if he can put that energy into this object and really, like, transmit all that energy, like, as, you know, wholeheartedly as possible, then when he's having his off days or he's feeling blue or anxious or whatever it is, picking that object back up and, like, kind of, like, letting it ground you. I feel like that's that's something I've done. That's something I've recommended to my clients, and I feel like it's a really helpful kind of cool tool to, to help you through those times as well. I'm going to try that because I got some really cool, I don't know that they're, because they're not all crystals, right? They're just like stones, you know, that mean different things. Crystal, crystals or, or, and, and gems are like right. kind of the same thing. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you could get like knockoffs, but yeah, right. they're all, they're all like in the crystal family. Okay. So <laughs> I did get my brother's girlfriend, who's also an NTP. Um, she got me these amazing, I guess they're crystals that each mean or different stones um, that, mean different things um so one is for um yeah more like grounding one is for like new life and one is for um I think it was more of like 
feeling positive in your decisions. I don't know. I have all the things and I could read them. But anyways, yeah. I have them in the baby's room because that's kind of what she got them for. She like picked them out each individually yeah. um, for me and for baby to like kind of like grow this cool relationship with how like we're both going to interact, which I was just like, that is the coolest gift. Like she always gives me the coolest gifts, <laughs> but I think I need to like start using them more and like holding them and, you know, yeah. kind of physically doing that kind of stuff too because I think that is a cool way to use them instead of just having them like sit on a desk you know yeah you can put them under your pillow oh interesting Mm -hmm. it's a good place for them Hmm. Stella Mm -hmm. Stella sleeps in the bed I don't know if she'd be like oh yeah she might swallow them we don't want to do that okay (laughs) (laughs) anyway Um, sorry moving on no it's okay so speaking of grounding another thing that um I think you guys can do together um would be possibly yoga I mean, I don't know, it doesn't matter if you're married or in a relationship or anything. Um, You just said your other half. Okay, that's what I was looking for. So either way, it doesn't matter. I think if there's anybody close to you and you guys want to create a relationship together um, with something like yoga, I think is an amazing experience where you guys can support each other and you can definitely support him. So yoga is obviously very grounding and a place that he can kind of clear his mind, um, but also supporting just like you know, something different from what he's probably dealing with every day, um, unless he's a yoga instructor, (laughs) but, um, breathing like supports endorphins and promotes oxytocin, you know, relaxing hormones. So just kind of doing something different like that. I think yoga is a really great, fun partner relationship activity that, um, I found really fun to do with your other half. Um, and then when we talk about food, this is kind of like relating back to the gut, but I do think wholeheartedly or no scientifically, there's so much connection between what you put in your body and the gut and your brain health. I mean, it's just so proven now that like everything that you put in your body is going to affect you on some level. And so maybe taking a look at his diet, I don't know if he eats really healthy or if he eats kind of okay, or if he's kind of like typical man where it's like you know they eat pretty good but then there's a lot of things that they kind of throw in there like during the day or maybe when you're not cooking or something like that but maybe taking a look at his diet and just seeing like if you recognize I don't think you should necessarily has to be like this conversation of like well well, let's, let's let's look at your diet and see what we could cut out like I think if you are kind of obviously if you're listening to our podcast you're kind of more health conscious or health minded in this space and so maybe thinking like is there anything that he's eating that I that you might recognize like hey babe like you know I noticed that you you know do kind of eat a lot of sugar like how would you feel about removing that and I'll do it with you for a certain amount of time to see if it helps your mood and then you could you know if you feel the need to like provide studies to show the connection you could certainly do that if that's kind of what he needs but I think sugar is probably the biggest brain trigger that I see between sugar and also gluten and alcohol. Those are probably the big top three that I see most um, greatly affecting brain health and mood and anxiety and even depression. So kind of taking a look at maybe removing some of these quote-unquote trigger foods, if that's something that he consumes on a regular basis, it could be life-changing. I mean, it really is for some people once you remove them just how much better and like more mentally aware and prepared you are for life once you kind of take these kind of toxic things out of your out of your diet. Um, I will mention a few supplements um, and one ingredient. Um, I don't want to talk too much about supplements because this wouldn't be something I would recommend um, he take unless he's working with somebody, but there are ones out there that I'm familiar with 
that I have used um, more in my clinical setting under the supervision of the doctors that I work with. But um, one of the ingredients I'll talk about first is lithium. So lithium for depression is, it's a naturally kind of occurring mineral found in food and water. Um, so look at his, his water intake. That could be one thing. And is he drinking tap water? I would get rid of tap water. Um, try and have a good balance of electrolytes because that's how you're gonna get this mineral. So drinking mineral or spring water. Um, or you can add trace minerals into your water and that will give you kind of a broad spectrum of minerals, including lithium. And lithium for depression and anxiety is just really helpful in kind of getting your brain to that optimal level. So many people who suffer from something like depression have really low levels of lithium. I don't know that this is something that you would go and test and get real clinical about it. I would just <laughs> have him increase his water intake and try doing some trace minerals. So trace minerals you can buy in a little blue bottle. Um, we'll link to it in the show notes, but you can buy it on Amazon. It's just called trace minerals and you can add some to your water. Um, and then also foods that have higher levels of lithium would be things like legumes, fish, mustard, kelp, um, and even pistachios. Those were kind of the top ones that I found. There's low levels or lithium in other foods. Like I think some of them were like it listed like dairy and meat. It's like, well, that's pretty broad, but these were like the ones that were more specific. Um, and then there is some, you know, products that have like a high level of, um, lithium in them. Like Bibiotics has lysine. Um, Gabatrex, dopotropic, phenotropic, even magnesium, like those are some of the ones that I'm familiar with. But again, I wouldn't go and take any of those by any means. I would definitely um, do all the steps we talked about first. And then if you think, you know, I really do need more support, then I would work with a doctor to figure out or a functional medicine practitioner to kind of figure out what exactly you could do in terms of supplements that might support you better in conjunction with trying all these other things because there's not going to be a supplement that just fixes and that's just going to be a band-aid. You're going to have to kind of do some work, I think, around everything in general regardless to get to a place where he feels like, okay, you know what? I feel under control because I think that's another common thing is when you just go to a supplement or a medication, it doesn't ever make the person feel in control. I think it almost makes their symptoms a little bit worse because then they can tend to, or I've seen it happen where they feel like, well, I'm taking something, but I'm not in control. I'm kind of just taking something that's helping me feel this way, but then you feel bad about taking that because you're not addressing the issue. So you don't want to, you know, kind of mask these issues to where they get to a bigger you know, a bigger manifestation in general. So I hope that helps. Kind of a lot of different options for you. <laughs> okay. Cool. Her next question. question. Two. Also oh. would love a recommendation for a good fish oil. Oh, yes. Okay. So her second question, um, which, you know, if you think about how we can tie this back to even like brain health, for sure, fish oil can reduce basically you have prostaglandins in your body you have three pathways pg1 2 and 3 two of those pathways are anti-inflammatory one of those uh, pathways is inflammatory so like if you cut yourself and your finger gets really red or you scrape yourself you see all that redness that's like your body inflaming to protect and heal so we do want some inflammation because that helps us heal but we also don't want so much that it causes chronic diseases so fats and healthy fats especially something like fish oil helps promote these healthy um, anti-inflammatories and prostaglandins so this could help brain health in some way of course um, and also just by providing more energy and protecting 
your heart. <laughs> There's a lot of good reasons for healthy fats. And the three that I would recommend, um, I personally take Ortho Omega by Ortho Molecular. Um, it's something you'd have to get from either like a um, supplement shop um, or they don't have it on full script and you would have to have maybe uh, a account with Ortho Molecular. I buy it from my doctor's office. Um, but they have it places, like you could find it. So um, Ortho Omega by Ortho Molecular. Um, let's see. The other one I like too is Bi Omega 1000 by Biotics. And that's another one too that they do have on full script. So I recently just sent a listener. She sent us a message on Instagram and asked for an account for full script. So I set her up with her email address and a 20% discount. So if any of you guys are interested, just send us a message or email and we'll set you up. And then the one you can find in the grocery stores is Nordic Naturals, which is also a good brand. I don't think it's as good as these other two, but it's fine. It's good quality. Um, you could find it at Sprouts as long as you're not getting something from like Costco or Target. Unfortunately, those are just the thing with fish oils, they can go rancid. This is with any fat. They can go rancid really easily. So if you think about the transit time of how they like ship some of these products to like massive like facilities like Targets and Walmarts and all that, like they're in trucks for a long time. They're not taking good high standard, you know, quality care of a lot of their products. So you really want to find a supplement company that is like reputable and knows what they're doing, especially when it comes to fish oil, because if they do go rancid, it can be highly toxic. And also people complain about burping with fish oil. That usually will never happen if you have a really good quality fish oil. And it also shouldn't smell bad. I mean, they should smell a little fishy, sure, but you should be able to bite into a fish oil and not be like, dear God, what is happening? Like you should be able to like taste it and be like, ah, that's a little fishy. It's fine. Not like this is the worst thing I've ever put in my mouth. Yes. Um, yeah. Those are the three that I like. Great recommendations. Okay. Thank you. Next question. Is there a link between dental hygiene and gut health? Flossing, plaque, buildup, etc. I know there's tremendous inflammation even with minor gum disease. My mind is always churning with the thought of inflammation and all the triggers. Just curious your thoughts. Yes. Okay. So this was actually a former client of mine, which I'm so glad your mind is always churning about the thought of inflammation. <laughs> I've done my job. She's like, I dream of sugar plums and inflammation. Thank you, Allie. Always avoiding inflammation. Um, so absolutely, there is a huge connection between your dental hygiene because it's often a direct ref reflection of the gut, which is something you would never really think about. I never really thought about it. Um, until I got into this field because that's what we learn. However, you're like, well, how are my teeth and my gut related? But when you think about it, like your gut um, can manifest all these different bacterias. It can not detox properly. You can digest poorly. All of those things, if not, you know, at optimal health in the gut, your gut is like literally 80% of your immune system and the second brain. So you have to think that and know that it's going to affect all different parts of your body, including your gums. Um, your gums, if you go down your esophagus and you go right into your, you know, digestive tract, like there's a direct breath pathway and like tube and connection between your mouth and your gut. Like they're not that far apart, just even physically. So thinking about how your mouth is almost like a detox pathway, 
kind of. You can think about that. Um, because things will manifest in certain parts of your body. How do you exit things out of your out of your body? There's two ways. It's either your mouth or your other end. So the the teeth and the gums are almost kind of like I think a detox pathway in a sense, not directly, but you get what I'm saying. So there's things that if if there's manifestation of inflammation or overgrowth of bacteria, dysbiosis of an unhealthy balance of good bacteria or bad bacteria rather to good bacteria, that's automatically going to be shown kind of in your gums, in your teeth. And maybe if you've been always prone to cat like cavities your entire life, then you really should be looking at your gut health. Like what else can I do? Am I digesting my food properly? Am I getting a good amount of healthy fats and proteins as my diet full of sugar? Um, am I like pooping regularly? Like are my bowels normal? Like those are all things that you should question or look at if you have really poor dental health. Um, because also too, there's another thing to be said about teeth being bones. They are bones. That's what they are. So are you not getting enough like nutrients from the food that you're eating? If you're not, then it's probably an issue with A, what you're eating or B, how you're digesting it because you could eat a perfectly healthy diet, but if your digestion sucks, then you're not going to get any of the nutrients that you're eating and it's kind of a wash. So those are the things I would look at in terms of your gut health and how it relates to your teeth. And then I have some other, just like I threw this in here because I thought it was interesting, like natural hygiene tips. Um, and so I guess to really to go back to that because I did, um, there's not like an answer, I guess is what I'm saying to that question of like, um, there's definitely a link. Is there a link was what her question was. And yes, there absolutely is. And that's why there's a link. If you're trying to find what the link is, is why do you have all these things? You're going to have to look at your gut health and then you're going to have to kind of figure it out. There's not like a, if you have cavities, this is what's wrong with your gut. Like who knows? There's a million things that could go wrong, but yes, there's the connection and that you should look deeper into the gut is kind of the, the main summary of that. But okay. So when I was um, going through NTP, you have group leaders Um, And one of my group leaders was actually a holistic dentist. So she gave us a ton of like amazing natural hygiene tips, which I wanted to kind of just go over really quickly because I thought it was one of the most interesting things that I'd never really kind of explored until, until that point thinking like, oh, there's ingredients here that I shouldn't be using or different ways um, to kind of go around conventional products. So the first thing I would look at in terms of kind of cleaning up your dental care to be more on the natural side is toothpaste and mouthwash. Um, So some of this I'm going to kind of read from our notes um, that I took in class, but ditching commercial toothpastes um, and mouthwash is kind of like the first thing that she recommended people or clients do um, because there's a lot of ingredients in there that are going to make things possibly worse. Worse. Um, Most of the toothpaste on the market contains sugar, fluoride, and or glycerin. So glycerin is an oily substance that attracts moisture. Glycerin will leave a film over the teeth, which could prevent the teeth from becoming harder or stronger. And then fluoride. And also when you're at the dentist, you can say you do not want fluoride. So that's just a tip when they go to do like your mouthwash or the toothpaste. I always say I am fluoride free. And if you have to say that you're allergic, whatever do what you have to do. You don't have to go into this whole song and dance. Um, You can just simply say, I don't use fluoride. Is there any other options? 
Um, so fluoride can actually cause more problems because it makes the bones in the teeth more brittle, which leads to fractures, weak enamel of the teeth. It can also cause fluorosis, which is a discoloration in the tooth and the enamel. And my reasoning and how I kind of came up with um, or discovered this in the first place is actually researching thyroid health. And so fluoride can inhibit thyroid hormone production. So unfortunately, there's a lot of fluoride everywhere. It's not just in mouthwash. It's not just in toothpaste, but it's also in drinking water. So that's why it's really important to not drink tap water and to drink, um, I was going to say pasteurized water. (laughs) (laughs) To drink filtered? Filtered water. Yeah, filtered water, mineral water to get those electrolytes would be your best option. Um, So avoiding fluoride is pretty important and... um, I think conventionally anyone would be like, oh my gosh, that's crazy because that's what prevents cavities. It's like, no, there's a lot of different things that prevent cavities and fluoride is not one of them and fluoride's causing probably more harm than good. Um, Another, let's see, a brand that I like and maybe you'll have some recommendations too, Chelsea, of like, I don't have a really good mouthwash, um, but I will give you a recommendation for how to make your own. But Earth Paste is a good toothpaste. Um, I also use the Dr. Bronner's, which doesn't have like, the all of the best ingredients but I think those are probably the top two that I like the best do you have any that you use sorry I'm yawning um not because you're boring me I'm actually very interested in this <laughs> like gee it's really really interesting um <laughs> yes I am very loyal to the brand Jason although in my house we call it Hassan mm-hmm. I think it is Hassan no I don't know there what do you call that amulet what do you call those little dots atop of oh the I don't know anyway um and scott has also used their mouthwash okay cool um the one thing that i did see on earth paste which is interesting and also because i saw it somewhere else too is clay it's a clay based product and clay can come with a warning for lead so i haven't looked into this too much i would assume that earth paste would be very aware of this and it's probably not an issue at all Um, but it's non, it's like not foamy at all. And that's what makes like some of these foaming agents are what is kind of like the toxic ingredient. And so things like earth paste, they're not foamy. So don't expect them to be exactly the same. They're different and they're different for a reason. (laughs) So just Mm -hmm. disclaimer there. Um, so you can also make your own mouthwash. Um, she recommended that you dissolve a few teaspoons of sea salt in a warm glass of water and gargle it for 20 seconds and your mouth will feel refreshed and clean. I did not know this. I don't Actually, know that. as you're speaking, I'm just thinking too, doTERRA <coughs> has a whole line, uh, oh. their On Guard line, which oh, I've yeah. talked about, I think, with immune care. Uh, On Guard is like very antibacterial, like really good for the immune system. I think they have toothpaste and um, maybe some other like dental products. I can link that stuff. You guys can check out too. I used notes. to use, because um, my dentist actually carried the On Guard toothpaste and I was like so shocked. I was like, this is awesome. And they have my dentist, they're not a holistic dentist, but they also just have non-fluoride products. Um, but I did notice that I think the doTERRA has carrageenan in the toothpaste. Ooh. But, but I don't know if that's yeah. like terrible because you're not ingesting it or if it's a toothpaste, it's a thickening. Mm. I don't know. So the thing is, guys, you can't be perfect. There's yeah. probably not going to be a product that's absolutely stellar without anything. So just do the best you can. Yeah. And find one you like. Because 
The thing with safer natural products is like, yeah, none of them are going to be perfect because the ones that have completely crystal clear ingredients are probably not going to be totally effective. So sometimes you have to sacrifice that (laughs) or you have to sacrifice a little bit of like, maybe there's one ingredient here that I'm not wholeheartedly, you know, on board with, but 99.7% of them I am and they're safer and they've you know, avoided most of the stuff. So it's kind of a little bit of like a pick and choose and maybe having a blend of those two that Mm -hmm. is the best combination. Yeah. And like what I kind of refer back to, like how Beauty Counter does a lot of their testing is like they use very specific ingredients that work and most of them are completely clean and non-toxic. However, if there is something in there that's like the carrageenan and be like, oh, I don't know. They're testing it at a safe percentage. So the percentage that they're using in their products have been proven to be safe. And so sometimes that's just the quantity that makes it like, okay, yeah, you don't want that much and you don't want it ingested every single day, you know, like eating it, (laughs) you know, that kind of thing. So if it's a good company and they know what they're doing and they have a lot of money to spend on testing, then, you know, you should, you can trust them, I think. Yeah, I think so too. Um, Let's see. Make your own mouthwash. Um, okay, so she she says, if I could recommend one product that is a must-have in your oral, um, oral kit, she recommends activated charcoal made from coconuts. It has so many uses. You can add it to your mouthwash. You can add it to your toothpaste. It's great for detoxing, food poisoning, etc. Um, she recommended brushing with this before bedtime because it absorbs bacteria and prevents plaque from forming. forming. Um, caution, it can be very messy, definitely. But you can use the um, <laughs> the loose powder and just do like, I have like the little capsules. Um, and so I open up the capsules and I just put a little bit on my toothpaste. Really? On my toothbrush. Uh-huh. Wait, I don't understand. What's activated charcoal made from? Oh, no. Yeah. Coconuts. coconuts. That's the one I have. That's the bulletproof one I have is from yeah. coconuts. The coconuts are much safer. I, I think it's, um, yeah. I'm trying to remember what the alternative It can be made of two different things. It's either coconuts or... Mm. Oof, I don't know. Something. Yeah, I don't know either. But the coconuts is a safer. Wow, I'm going to add it to my toothpaste. Yeah. I th- I'll link to the um the brand that I have. I forget. I think I bought it on Amazon. And technically I became like an ambassador with some kind of code that I've never used. <laughs> what it's called. But it's a really good brand. But I like it because I keep them as capsules. So you can use them. I also use them like if I'm ever doing... I typically use the charcoal mask from Beauty Counter, but I don't always have it if I use it all. So you can do like your own clay mask and add charcoal to that. You can make your own charcoal mask or if, like I said, food poisoning. If you ever just feel absolutely terrible and you think that you ate something funky, you can take activated charcoal. So that's why I like having it in the capsules versus the powder because I can use it for a million different reasons. Oh, yeah. I've never had just the powder. I always have had the capsules, and I've made my own masks with it, too. But disclaimer, I feel like some people are going overboard with the charcoal. And actually, I was just (laughs) watching a YouTube video of someone making, like, charcoal cocktails or something. She was like, vacation blog. See how I keep myself healthy. (laughs) And it was, like, making, like, yeah. (laughs) The thing with the reason it's good for food poisoning is because it – um, expands so much. It's literally going to wipe away everything you've got in there and excrete it out of the body. So that's why if you're taking it for detox purposes, this is taking it inter- internally is what I'm saying, like as a supplement or as the powder internally, 
you want to have it apart from food and apart from any other type of drink, like anything that, and apart from any other supplements, because it's going to cancel all that stuff out. So people who are making all these foods that have charcoal in them, it just doesn't make any sense. You're wiping out all the vitamins and minerals in that food. Your body's just going to get the charcoal. Yeah. Yeah. I think use it as a supplement as needed. Don't use it as a... Yeah turmeric like hey this is good on everything or salt well and it can be good for (laughs) bloating which is hard because it's like I've I got in a routine like a year or two ago where I was like taking it way too often because I was feeling bloated all the time and I was taking it like you know every few days or something it's just too much if you take it too much you can actually get constipated and again you're wiping out all your vitamins and minerals you need to make sure you take a ton of water with it it's meant to be used medicinally, and I just now I'm seeing people using it, like, recreationally. Mm-hmm. Or with no awareness about what it even does. They're just like, chuckle, use it. It's trendy. It's, yeah. Makes me mad. Because <laughs> you have to balance it out with taking a really good probiotic to rebuild your gut bacteria once you take it out. And apart from the probiotic, like, hours apart. Yeah. Yeah. But if you're, yeah, so if you're doing it as a toothpaste or something, that's a little yeah, different that's since you're not. <laughs> but, you know. And that's a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a product called ADP that I use quite a bit for gut dysbiosis, overgrowth bacteria, um, but it basically it's just oil of oregano. It's a biotics product. Um, so she was saying she, you can crush four tablets into a powder form, and then you can use and like add um, distilled water, like eight ounces of distilled water, add the powder to it, store it in a glass jar, and use it as a mouthwash because oil of oregano is super, super antibacterial. So I thought that was kind of cool. That's And I'm sure you could do this with, you don't have to use the ADP, but um, I would assume that doTERRA or, you know, all of the essential oil Mm -hmm. (laughs) blocks and whatever is probably how you could use, you know, maybe your own mouthwash or something with that. A note on that, though, with essential oils, again, disclaimer, you need to make sure they're coming from a reputable brand because then you don't want to ingest them internally. Right. They could be, they could have other fillers, they could have other oils, like, it could just be really, really poor quality. So I wouldn't recommend buying essential oils at the grocery store and using those internally ever. Yeah. I think doTERRA and Young Living are the only two that I would ever use and, personally. And yeah, and I know some people too like sage. Oh yeah. But it's kind of trendy. <laughs> well, I just, I feel like it's at the, like I've seen it at like our mall, you know, but like I wouldn't, yeah. I don't know. DoTerra, I, Young Living, yeah. I like supporting people who are, know about it and I can ask them like reps and Mm -hmm. not reps, but consultants and whatever. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And then lastly, tongue scraping. Mm, I'd love to talk about tongue scraping. Chelsea's going to talk about tongue scraping because you're much better at it than I am. I do it every single day. I should. Okay, let me me say something. So I had a (laughs) copper one. (laughs) Sorry, I'm not done. (laughs) Sorry. I had a (laughs) copper tongue scraper and it started to like tarnish because of the copper. Hmm. But I was like, is this okay? So I bought a different one, and I haven't been doing it because I just keep forgetting. I have a stainless steel one. Okay. Yeah. I can link what I have on Amazon. It's not expensive, you guys. I'm talking like probably like few dollars. Yeah. Maybe even less. Under. Under 10. I don't know. I'll have to find it. (laughs) So yeah, for those of you who don't know what a tongue scriver is, it is essentially like a U-shaped tool that you use to actually scrape off your tongue. You scrape down and off into the sink, and then you wash it, and that's it. It takes literally two seconds. I do it after I brush my teeth, and I do not actually brush my tongue, and I'll get to the reason why that 
is not beneficial and that tongue scraping is in just a second, but that's kind of my routine. Um, and I've actually stopped drinking water right when I wake up. I like to brush my teeth, tongue scrape, and then drink my water just to make sure, again, I'm like getting rid of that bacteria right off the bat. So I'll explain what it is a little bit. So tongue scraping is an Ayurvedic self-care principle. For those of you who don't know what Ayurveda is, you've probably heard the term, but maybe you don't know exactly what it is. It's actually the ancient Indian healing system. So it's very, very, very old system, and it's focused on prevention of illness. Um, it's also very focused on the gut. They actually believe the center of everything is the gut and that proper digestion is considered to be the foundation of health. So hello, we totally believe in that, right? Hello. (laughs) Some of the other Ayurvedic principles that we've talked about here are things like chewing your food really well, drinking warm liquids like warm lemon water, cooking your veggies. Really, really, they're very focused on the gut. Um, so tongue scraping is the most effective way to remove toxins and bacteria. It's way better than using a toothbrush. With the toothbrush, you're really just moving the bacteria around so it may feel good, but it's not actually doing the job that you think it is. When we sleep, our guts and our digestion are actually at work and we're detoxing. So we're actually seeing some of that stuff on the body in the morning on our tongues, which is lovely. And it's kind of the same thing as if you don't go to the bathroom regularly, you're actually reabsorbing those toxins. So it's sort of the same thing if you've got all this bacteria in your mouth and you don't get rid of it, it's going to hang out there and get reabsorbed into the gums, on the teeth, and then, you know, in the end, end up affecting your gut and even your immune system because we know the majority of our immune system lives in our gut too. So it also actually helps with taste, like with your taste buds and salvation, So that's obviously very much connected back to the gut too. And when we chew our food, we're actually creating enzymes. We're creating saliva. We're creating what is known in Ayurveda as Agni, which means digestive fire. Um, So, you know, you want to enhance the production of saliva and your taste buds by keeping it clean and using a tongue brush and getting rid of all that bacteria. Um, And when you have good Agni, this is going to help you actually break down and properly assimilate the nutrients in our food. So it's really cool. Um, But yeah, if you have gut issues, you may see a thicker coat of bacteria on your tongue. Acupuncturists also will look at your tongue. So it's big in Chinese medicine as well. I feel like if you've got a lot of bacteria or gunk on your tongue or like a white you know, thick layer, it can definitely indicate gut issues or even liver liver issues. Like I think back to stagnation and, and kind of like toxicity, not being able to detox properly. Um, so you definitely want to address the root of the issue there too. Um, and then kind of just, you know, get in the routine of tongue scraping too to kind of help yourself out with that as well. But yeah, then just inflammation in general, I definitely think it's all connected. I would look maybe, I'm sure you personally are not doing dairy and sugar because you've worked with Allie, so (laughs) I'm sure you eat pretty great. But, you know, for anyone else listening, I think those could be two places that would really affect maybe the inflammation you're seeing directly in your gut and then directly in your mouth. And I would also recommend incorporating bone broth just because I feel like that would be kind of the best way to sort of get all those trace minerals and um, the gelatin and the collagen and everything too directly into your mouth and and beyond down the rest of the bodily, the digestive process. (laughs) (laughs) The bodily train of digestive things. Yeah. And then gelatin too. Um, I'm going to link a really great recipe for gelatin gummies, a lemon raspberry gelatin gummy by Autoimmune Wellness. I love it. It's really good. 
Um, yeah, those are some things you could do, but it's, it's interesting, all this stuff. Yeah. Get and to I tongue scraping. Just because you eat, you know, healthy and maybe have a really good diet doesn't mean that there's maybe not something else kind of hidden going on in the gut. So if you're kind of noticing like a big shift and being like, well, it's weird. All of a sudden, like my teeth were like fine and now they're like not fine and I'm not having like all these issues, but I'm still eating the same. Then it's maybe something that just has manifested kind of over a period of time and maybe it's time to like take a deeper look. So don't ignore it just because, you know, if you're have a pretty good diet there could be there's a lot of people who have amazing diets who still have you know gut work to do Chelsea and I are one of (laughs) two people where we have a really really great diet and we're nutritionists yet you know gut health is something that is not like you know 120 percent in either of us so (laughs) yeah always because there's always things to be done there's so much more at play besides just eating well like stress is going to trigger leaky gut stress is going to mess with the bacterial balance in your body and like genetics autoimmunity there's just a ton of different things toxins environmental toxins your liver everything yeah (laughs) parasites stuff so all that fun stuff oh my gosh we're exactly at an hour how do we we're like magic wow good job us thank you guys for these questions we would love some more you can shoot those on over to us at nutritionishpodcast at gmail.com or head on over to our website and click under the submit a question tab or you can also just slip into our dms at nutritionish underscore podcast yes correct i don't know i mean i'm there all the time but i don't remember the name Well, I'm starting to get better at going in and, like, checking the messages, too, just Mm -hmm. in case it does, so you don't have to always be like, hey, can you respond to this? (laughs) No, it's fine. But also, guys, we're almost at 1,000 followers on there, which is fun. So if you haven't followed us yet, please do. We're posting recipes. We're posting quotes. And then that's the place, since I, in the beginning, did try to keep up with posting the graphics on my personal Instagram, but at the end of the day, it it would be just, like, all just those graphics (laughs) Yeah, I put so, the wagon on that earlier. Yeah, <laughs> so if you guys ever want to know, you know, um, I try to post that there first. Um, the morning a new episode comes out, if you want to know, you know, the topic and everything, that's the best place to find out about that. So please gonna come Monday. on over and support us and follow us. You can also support us by leaving us a review on iTunes. It truly, truly, truly means the world to us. We're a couple episodes away from our year episode, which is so cool. Wow. So you guys wow. have been supporting us for a long time. And if you've been listening for a long time and you have not left a review, what are you doing? No, just kidding. But please do. Um, I wouldn't for, mind if you did. Yeah, we wouldn't hate it. For more from me, Chelsea, head to nutritionwithchelsea.com and follow me over on Instagram at nutritionwithchelsea. For more from Allie, head to barefoodnutrition.com and follow her at barefoodnutrition. We will see you guys next week. Bye. <laughs>